Hello, welcome to His Glory. This is Debbie. I hope you are doing really good today. All right, so this is probably my third time trying to get this up. I am telling you, lately I have just been... Uh, really come against um, trying to get things out. Um, that just tells me more and more that I'm supposed to be doing this. <laughs> because I tell you guys, it's hard to get these things out um, lately. Um, all right, so the enemy is just fighting me uh, to left and right, and I'm just over it. So um, but hey, God is greater and we we persevere and we just keep going, right? So all right, so today I'm going to address the churches in Revelation 2 and 3. This is very um, dear in, to my heart because I um, talk about this so much, and I know this is a subject that many people don't like to talk about. They do not, they get really offended, and I'm sorry that if this offends you in any way, but you know, this has to be talked about. Um, we are in the end, end times, and God wants his children to be wise as serpents and gentle as a dove. And what does that mean? It means that we need to have wisdom and discernment, and we need to know the schemes of the enemy. We need to understand how he operates, and it's important for us to understand that these things can happen in your church, and you need to be in a place where you are truly being fed the true gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're not um, being lied to, you're not being led astray, and you're not being led um, by uh, a dark by darkness um, that could be in that church, okay? Um, do I believe that there are good churches out there? Yes. But also with that, there are some churches out there that are really falling short. Okay. And the enemy knows this and the enemy comes in and infiltrates churches. And he what does he do? He's going to lead um, congregations um, with some half truths and not so it's important for us to to have wisdom. It's important for us to have an intimate relationship with Jesus and be in the word so you can, you can um, take what someone is telling you and go into the scriptures and make sure that this is true. So it's important for us to be in truth. The Holy Spirit can only be in truth. So um, yes, yeah, so it's important for us to, to know this. Um, we can't just because there's a church does not mean that God is in that church or God is leading that church. So we have to know this because so many pastors out there are false a lot, a lot more than what we we would like to know, okay? But I'm not saying that all churches, but there are a lot, okay? Um, they are run by business. They're like a business model. They, um, they're in it for, you know, the intention is for, you know, gain um, monetarily. Um, so, you know, maybe that pastor started out with good intentions, um, but, you know, greed can come in, the enemy comes in and infiltrates and can, you know, that's the one thing I think greed takes over. Um, there, you know, there's just a lot of things happening there. Only God knows that. But for us as the body, it's important, you know, for us to discern and to know where God is led or if God is in that church. If you're not feeling and growing in that church, then walk away and go find a church that God can lead you and you can grow in. I will tell you this: um, if you're in a church and you're not growing at all. You're not changing at all. There's no change in your life. There's no growth in your life. You're just kind of stagnant and staying the same. Um, probably not the place for you. And you really need to be evolving because this journey is a walk that you're going to evolve. You're going to grow. You're not going to stay the same. Um, God is going to, you know, gradually lead you and teach you and undo everything that's happened in your life to fill you in with the knowledge of him. So you should be growing in, in God. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to address this because not only was this addressed back then, but it can be applied to today.
And it's very powerful. And so we should definitely, um, you know, listen to these words, because it's very powerful. All right, so this is, um, I'm going to start in Revelation 2. And this is to the church of Ephesus. And it says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Okay, so that's the church to to the church of Ephesus. Now we're gonna we're gonna go to the church in Smyrna, to the angel of the church in Smyrna. Right, these are the words of him who is who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions, I know your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. But do not. Be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison, test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Okay, so this is to the the first, the church of Ephesus. And he's saying, you know, um, he knows his their, their deeds and their perseverance, and he knows that they cannot tolerate wicked people. Um, but you know, he's he's telling them um, that you have lost and forsaken your first love, and it's time for you to get back to the first love, which is Jesus. And he's telling them to repent. Right here, it says, "Repent, and I will come to you, and remove, or I will come and remove your lampstand." So he's telling them to repent because they have lost their first love. Okay, and to the church of Smyrna. He knows their afflictions. He knows that they are um, they are poor, but they are rich in Him, right? And He says um, that you know they need to be prepared that they're going to have suffer and persecution, but stay strong until the end. Okay, so now we're going to go to the Church of Pergamum and to the angel of the church of Pergamum, right? These are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, uh, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak and to the tithes the Israelites to sin so that they ate foods sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whosoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious. I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. 
Okay, and this is going to the church in Thyatira, to the angels of the church of Thyatira, right? These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immortality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teachings and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations that one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I also will give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches. That's a pretty decent, that's a pretty big one right there. Um, Jezebel, and I feel like Jezebel um, is in the churches, um, some churches today. Um, a lot of their congregations are in adultery, uh, fornication, adultery, and that is the classic Jezebel spirit. Uh, to the church of Sardis, to the church and the angel of the church of Sardis, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore... What you have received and heard, hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis that have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will be like them, be dressed in white, and I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear with the spirit to the churches. And this is to the church of Philadelphia, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you since you have kept my command to endure patiently. I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. And this is the Philadelphia church that will be raptured. I truly believe this is the true bride of Christ. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whosoever has ears, let them hear with the spirit to the churches. 
to the church of Laodicea, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, right? These are the words of the amen, the faithful, true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, what you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can come, become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and slave to put on your eyes to solve to put on your eyes so you can see those whom I love are rebuke and discipline so be earnest and repent here I am I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come and eat with that person and they with me to the one who is victorious I will give the right to sit with me on my throne yet just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne whoever has ears let them hear what the spirits to the churches okay so these these churches that he's addressing are can be for us today in which church that we're falling into and where we want to be. We want to be in the church of Philadelphia. We want to be waiting and, and, and walking on that narrow path because this is a church of Philadelphia. Okay. And Laodicea is a lot of churches today. This is the lukewarm. These are the people in there. They're lukewarm. God says that he would rather them be hot nor cold, not one or the other, instead of just lukewarm, where they're dangling on the fence, okay? They they are still in the world. And I, I talk about this a lot. They're still in the world. They haven't given up their life. They can't. They just don't want to. They have a lot of wealth here. They love the pleasures of this world. They love the pleasures more than they love God. And this is what God is saying. You're not rich. You may have wealth here, but you're not rich in heaven where it matters, right? And I, I want to say this because, you know, so many people... Um, you know, have talked about this about, you know, does God want us in poverty? Absolutely not. God will, God will take care of you. Okay. What God does, God does not mind someone being wealthy. I I want you to understand this, but what God doesn't want is for that wealth to overcome you and you forget God and you fall into those temptations of the world. And it's really what you do with that wealth. Are you helping other people? Is it got you more than you have it? Okay, um, if it's over, it just can take over because this can be how Satan uses for you. Not everybody who's wealthy is greedy. Okay, I'm not saying that, but you know, you God knows the heart of man, and He knows um, how it can cause corruption because it can. And so, when you are, if you have a lot of wealth in this world, and you hold that before the Lord, and you don't, you greedy, um, just read that um, scriptures about. Lazarus and the rich man. And that's a good indication of what God is talking about. You don't help the poor, you don't help people. And you're super greedy. That's a really I forgot what uh, what book that's in. Um, But I would read that that's really amazing. But God doesn't want our materialism to take over us or, you know, whatever that may be, it doesn't have to be money, it can be anything that you're putting before the Lord um, that is just, you know, taking that place of where God should be. And that goes into the first church of just them um, not having their first love. So, you know, lukewarm is not a good place to be. So we really have to be careful where we are um, because, you know, we need to be living on the narrow path right now because God is about to come here. If you cannot see this and what's happening in the world right now, it's scripture, it's biblical, and God wants his church ready. He's trying to wake 
the church up, his children up, and um, judgment is coming, judgment to the church first. And this is something that God has really laid on my heart recently about the church being in judgment because he wants his children to wake up, to come out of the world, let go of this world. And this is an individual thing. What is it in your life that is keeping you from being on the narrow path? What is it? What is the what is the pleasures that you are holding on to? What is it about this world that you're holding on to? Because this world is dying and you should be reaching for God. Is it easy? No, but you truly need to go to the Lord because he will help you. If you have that desire to be close to God, he's going to help you achieve it. This is not by our strength. It is by the Lord. But once you get a, a, a the world in its trueness, and God shows you the trueness of this world. Trust me when I tell you, this world is nothing what you think. It is It is really horrible, really. I mean, honestly, I can't even imagine not having God in my life. This world would mean nothing without God in it. Um, I have to have God just to endure the, the stuff that we see on a constant basis, just where our world is today. Why would you want to hold on to this world? It's It's not anything what God is God is so much more and greater and where we're going is so much better trust me but Satan will blind people and if you hold on to this world and you just will not let go of it and you just are choosing that God's going to let you have it Um, God will harden people's hearts if they just choose that so it's important for us to really get in the scriptures and and seek God he he says if you seek you will find if you knock he will open um, it's important for us to really seek him right now. We need wisdom. We need to have that wisdom, okay? Um, and it's really, 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 I'm going to stress this so much, important who is feeding you. If you are in a dead church, get out of it. If you are in a church where you're constantly going, mm, that doesn't sound right, or mm, this doesn't feel right, get out. Don't even question it. Get away from that church because there's so many pastors that are fake. They are commit adultery in their lives. They're in fornication. They're treating their church like a business. They just want your money. They don't care about the souls that are in there that need salvation. They're, it's far from them. And these where the enemy is ruling their life. These are the ones that are the most dangerous. I don't care how big your church is. Doesn't mean anything. God will probably not even be in that church. It's not about the building. It's not about how big they are. It's not about how, how great, grandiose it is. If God is not in that church, it is dead. It is just a building and it's not the true church. The true church are you. The Holy Spirit within you is the true church. This is where God dwells. You go to church to get fed, to have, you know, faith and and iron sharpens iron. You need to go for like wisdom and understanding and have someone teach you and help you. And God speaks through his pastors to to guide you, to touch you, to bring you into salvation, bring you into repentance. This is what it's for. It's not about entertaining you. It's not about these things. We have got to get back to the basics of what church is. And that's where they've lost. It's about how, how much they can entertain you, how much people they can get in there. They have lost sight of truly It's about salvation in Jesus Christ, because when Jesus comes, all this is going to be revealed. All of this is just going to be revealed. It's going to be so open and blatant. But and I've said this before, those people that are leading God's children astray, woe to them. 
they will have their double portion of what they're doing. It is a massive responsibility to lead God's children. It's a massive responsibility to teach. And if you are not teaching in sound doctrine and you're leading people to keep them in their sin and they're not changing, they're not being led to repentance and changing of their life, woe to these people. When money becomes their main objective, woe to these people. They had the blood of every soul in that house on their head. And this is what they don't understand. The enemy has got them so blinded. It is so important, guys, to get into a church that truly is feeding you, leading you, and guiding you. You should have change in your life. If you are not changing and you're staying the same, you're still sinning, you're not having any conviction, you are in a dead church. You are in a dead church. Or you just are not converted. You have just truly not converted. It's important that we understand that we. this is a heart matter. And if you truly seek God and you truly want God in your life and you truly want to have this wisdom and understanding of his word and you're in a church and you're not getting fed and you're not changing and you're just feeling good every time you go, I'm not saying that they can't encourage you and edify you, but there should be some conviction in your life. You should be sometimes walking out of that church going, man, I got to change. I got to get this out of my life. I I need to get this out of my life. If they're not warning you about what time it is in the world, if they're not telling you that we are in the end times, this is a massive problem today. We are there. There is no time left almost, guys. He is almost here. And if your church is not telling you, guys, listen, if you can't look around you and see that we are, God is coming and that the end times are here, there's a, that's a, that's a big problem for me because I cannot imagine any pastor that is truly Holy Spirit filled, not saying this, not leading their congregation to repentance, not leading their congregation saying, look, if you're sinning in adultery, if you're cheating on your wife, if you're cheating on your marriage, if you're bringing people in your marriage. If you're looking at people with lustful eyes, if you're doing all these things, if you're out there partying in the world, living like the world, looking like the world, you're in dire danger. If you're sinning willfully, knowing the truth, you're in dire danger. If you're looking at pornography, you're in dire danger. If you're doing these things and you're, and you're just leaving this church, cussing up a storm, cussing people out on the street, you're in dire danger. If you're living your life in the world, you haven't come out of the world. You're still sinning. There's no conversion. You don't want to be on the narrow road. You don't want to live for the Lord. You have no desire to change your life completely for the, for the Lord. You're in dire danger. If you don't understand that it, what it takes to be truly walking with God, get in the word of God and it will convict you. It will get you on your knees. This is what God is calling. He wants his church ready. He wants his church waiting for him to be holy. Are we perfect? No, we sin daily, but not willfully. And when we do, we feel a sense of grief within our heart because we want to please God above everything. We are walking and striving to be more like him daily. And none of us are perfect, but we don't want to be in sin. And when God convicts us of our sin, we, we feel it. We feel it deep in our core. We need to go to church to be convicted. We need to go to church to have someone say, look, you got to get out of your sin. You could be, you could die tonight. Are you living right? Are you living right? And not okay. It's not just about feeling good. It's not just, hey, you know, you're going to feel great today. Let me just lift you up. If these people are walking out of there in sin, if they could walk out of here, die tomorrow and go to hell, this is what we need to be talking about. This is seriously a problem. I don't care how big your church is. 
And I'm going to tell you, if Jesus was walking today, he'd probably be in these churches flipping over tables saying, why have you made my house a house of, of merchandise? They're selling things. They're in there. They're too busy selling coffee and selling all these things and, and um, entertaining people. This is not about pulling people out of hellfire. You can be in a tent and get better church. I mean, this is the fundamental where churches are lacking. I'm just, I'm telling you, there needs to be a fire for God. There needs to be a fire within people that they are out on the streets telling people, turn your life over to the Lord. There needs to be a fire written up inside people. We need to be on fire for God. We don't need to be feeling good and always, oh, just be positive thinking. We need to be looking at our lives and evaluating our hearts. Are we living for Lord? Are we really representing the Father? Are we representing Jesus Christ in my day to day? Am I looking like the world? Am I looking like somebody who worships God? Am I looking different than what the world looks like? Am I doing the same things that the world is doing? Am I set apart? This is the things you need to be asking yourself on a daily basis. Because the time is coming where we're going to be face to face with him. And we're going to have to account for everything that we we have done. Guys, this is serious. This is very serious. And God is about to judge this world. And it is time to wake up. It is no time to be just blatantly just going through the motions. If you're just going to church to go through the motions because you want to look good and you think that looks good to God, it doesn't. He knows your heart. Where is your heart? What's your intentions? He would rather you be sitting at home, reading your Bible, getting truly fed than going to a church that's dead. I want you to understand this. Get into the word of God. Read these verses and ask yourself, where do I fall in these churches? Where am I? Where am I? God is about to judge this world. And it's time for you to look in the mirror and judge your heart. Where are you today? Where are you? Are you truly walking for the Lord? Are you truly seeking him with all of your heart and soul? How are you treating your neighbor? Because this is what he reminds me on a constant basis. Love me with all your heart and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Evaluate your heart. Is the light that's in you of darkness or light? I I had to bring this today. I didn't even know how I was going to present this. But God, I'm telling you, he has had enough he is, he's coming. He is going to expose all the lies that we have been in. And all of these people that are leading God's children astray, they're going to be exposed. And I, I, I just be ready. Just be ready for the Lord. Get into the word of God. Seek him with all your heart and soul. And you'll never fail. You will never fail. I love you guys. I hope you're doing well. I will be back. And I hope you're blessed. And I just want you to just have discernment, pray for wisdom and understanding and discernment. And I pray you're doing well. I'm going to end this with a prayer. Holy Spirit, I just thank you, Lord Jesus. I just thank you, Father, for this word today. Father, help us evaluate our lives. Help help us know that wherever we go, wherever we're being fed, that we will have discernment, Jesus, and that the Holy Spirit will lead us to all truth and that we want to go where your spirit is dwelling, where the Holy Spirit is there. Father, just lead your children, wake your children up, Father, and whatever sin they have in their life, convict them in their heart, Father, and help us, Father God, strengthen all my brothers and sisters around the world, and I just give you glory and praise, Jesus. Amen.